Mahal shoots safe. Smith the rebound stop. Another try. They score. Braden McNabb, his first of the year. Two to one Golden Knights. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Out of the net, extra passing. Smith settles. His shot knocked down. It's a loose puck in front. Now Smith scores. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... You sound excited. Hello, boys from New York City. Uh, good to be with you. It, it's good to hear your voice. I, I, I was a little worried because I, I know that you're on this this extended road trip now for the Golden Knights, and you know it, it's 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 always easy to kind of deal with you in one to two day chunks. But now knowing that you're on the road for a full week. Uh, how are things going with you and everybody that surrounds you and, and being who you are, Darren? We are doing just fine. Uh, we had the game on Saturday, and then we flipped over to uh, Tempe uh, right after the game and obviously went through the, the contest last night. And today flew across the country, and uh, that was the uh, the bulk of it today with the, with the Jets. And I uh, just pulled into my hotel room. I I wanted to be on what we call the Comrex unit, which gives you on-air quality uh, instead of being on the phone. But uh, I-, I can't figure out how to do this in the fancy hotels that uh, that the uh, National Hockey League gets to stay at. So <laughs> I am uh, going to be on the phone uh, throughout this whole thing. But it's kind of neat to, to be with uh, with our crew on the road in a different uh, environment. And, uh, and hopefully we can pick up a couple of wins here this week in the Devils-Rangers-Islanders trifecta. Yeah, that's what the Golden Knights uh, are certainly looking to do. That's what uh, Golden Knights fans are certainly hoping happens for the Vegas Golden Knights over the course of this week. And as you know, Darren, as as we've done throughout uh, every single week this season, Mondays belong to you. First segment of the show, Ask the Insiders, 702-876-1340. That's the number. If you'd like to call in with a, with a thought, with an opinion, with a concern, uh, whatever is on your mind when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights, we want to hear from you, and we want to hear from you right now. 702-876-1340. That's the number, and we'll head to our first call of the day. It's Mike. Well, howdy, guys. This old-timey technology sounds pretty good. Good work. Well, this is Chapman. He was in there. He was ready to go. We sorted through a couple of things, uh, troubleshooting. Uh, We couldn't get a couple of things done, but we're on it, and we're ready to go, Mike, and happy to hear from you. Well, the first thing, I talked to Ryan about this last night. I want to get your opinion on it. I think Mullet Arena is uh, a standing joke for the National Hockey League, and I, I can't imagine any other major sport putting up with this for years. And I'm talking years. Why does the NHL do this? Well, they like the market. Uh, they want to keep the team here. The National Hockey League does not like moving teams, and it is almost with no other option uh, than they will decide to transfer a franchise uh, to, to another city. So they've been extremely loyal. 
Uh, Mike, um, that that's that's the crux of the uh, the loyalty uh, to to Arizona and Phoenix. Uh, on the on the big picture, hey, I, I'm with you. Like it, it was a cool thing, and I'll get more into Mullet Arena uh, and the experience of going through there and and watching a game uh, in a little bit. But uh, but to have a, a rink that seats 4,600, uh, 11 rows of seating, uh, it's there's some benefits to it for a hockey fan, but in the grand scheme of things, uh, it's it's not what a major professional sports team is is supposed to be housed out of. Uh, there's different things like the the, the teams being uh, in a different building where they get dressed and and do all their treatment and have their meetings, but then they have to walk outside briefly, like 20 feet, 15 feet, uh, and then walk down a concourse and then into the hallway. Like that's just uh, Weird. Well, it, it's, very it's cute strange. for a game, uh, but not for five years. That's all I'll yeah, say right exactly. now. Exactly. Uh, and you know, the and uh, other thing, and this is something I have not, never discussed, and I want your honest opinion on this because, uh, especially you, Darren, have played the sport of hockey for decades. Is has it ever? And I don't know that this is happening. I hope it's not. Has it ever gotten into your head that people are getting injured around you, and you've been injured before? That you're a little tentative as you play, and you know what I'm referring to right now. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm sure there's some hesitation with every. They come back uh, and rehab uh, through an injury, and you don't really know until you're right in the middle of it how your body's going to react. But I don't think that that is the situation right now. And if you're referring to uh, uh, Jack Eichel or Jonathan Marcheseau, who have recently come back from injury. Uh, Paul Cotter has recently come back from injury. Alec Martinez has been in, in and out. He's come back from injury. You've got uh, a couple of players who have played really well and a couple of players who have gone into into funks uh, in the last little bit. But uh, I, I don't think that part of it and being hesitant is a factor in why the production has dropped off. Uh, the the doctors, and I know the the training staff and the the physiotherapists and the the medical uh, part of the team uh, very well. Uh, I, I've watched them uh, through uh, different interactions, and they're highly highly uh, cautious for the athlete. And the athlete is a hundred percent when they come back. And this is a case where uh, I think there's something else happening other than than the body being tentative. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. I didn't. I didn't bring that up before, and no, won't bring it up again. I guess question, I'll leave Mike. with your assessment of what one does in New York City when they've got a few days. Uh, tonight, I'm gonna gonna have a good old nap. Uh, but uh, but the next <laughs> couple of days, Jersey is gonna be fun tomorrow. I get to go to the Prudential Center, then a couple of days off. I'm gonna head over to the National Hockey League uh, head office and visit my friends. Uh, who help uh, keep the chirp uh, up and running uh, on the podcast side of things and hopefully run into Mr. Bettman and Mr. Daly uh, over there and uh, see some of my friends uh, in around the league office and uh, and probably do uh, a couple of uh, big, long strolls and uh, maybe a run through Central Park, which I always try and get to do. That's the Just a note to Chris, you might want to crank up the volume. It's really hard to hear, Darren. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, Mike, uh, always, always fun when you uh, when you call into the program. 702-876-1340 is the number as Chapman tries to crank up the volume on Darren Millard. I, I, I got to ask you, Darren, like, what does that conversation look like when you walk into uh, the NHL offices and, uh, and Gary Bettman sees you? Like, 
how does how does that first exchange go? Well, I call him Mr. Batman, and then he corrects me and says, uh, please, Gary, I've told you that a hundred times. And then I say, hello, Gary. Uh, and I feel sheepish calling him Gary. Uh, no, it's it's good to catch up. Uh, we, we have a good relationship, a uh, fun relationship. We've known each other for, for a long time. Uh, I'll be honest, I know I know Bill uh, a lot better. Uh, spent more time with Bill over the years, uh, and uh, had... Uh, uh, my interactions uh, throughout the season are, are more often with Bill, so I'll maybe go and, and sit with him and uh, hang out with him in, in his office. I haven't been to the new offices uh, over at Hudson Yard either, so I'll get a tour with that. But uh, but it's always nice to catch up and get a little FaceTime with uh, with the commissioner and his uh, and his buddy. And that kind of falls in line with one of those one of the questions that Mike talked to you about Mullet Arena. Now I know you were there yeah. yesterday. You, you kind of touched on, you know, there are some parts of Mullet Arena that certainly make the game a little bit more fun. I would argue for fans to be that up close and personal with with the game with with the the caliber of player that you have in the NHL. Uh, it's it's unique. It's different. But you know, for the players, like what what was the sense of being around the team yesterday? in and around Mullet Arena, like, what did, what did the players think of it? So uh, I'll walk you guys through uh, sort of our day yesterday mm-hmm. uh, yeah. when, we, when we got up and, and walked over. And you're, you are right in the middle of the ASU campus. And uh, Ashley and I walked over to Mullet Arena from the hotel, and we walked past Sun Devil Stadium, and uh, we walked past the Aquatic uh, Center and the, the baseball field. And, and all these sports facilities uh, that are there, the basketball uh, arena. And you come up a mullet arena, and, uh, and it was funny because we went in through security and asked for the visitor dressing room, and they thought we were there for, the, for a minor hockey game. We, we didn't specify <laughs> that uh, we were with the Golden Knights. We just asked for the visiting arena, and they took us over to the, to the practice sheet where there was a, a kid's game going on. We're like, I don't know, this isn't what we're looking for. Uh, eventually, we found Mullet Arena, and, and we were there when the, the team walked in. Uh, and it was, it was really interesting to be there and watch them react to it. Because they had a meet, normally on a, on a back-to-back, you would have your, there wouldn't be a skate, and you would have your meeting at the hotel, and then you would go over to the rink and, and, and play the game. I'm thinking this is why the team had the meeting at the at the facility is because nobody had ever been inside that rink, and Bruce Cassidy was very much aware that there was a lot of interest. Uh, uh, there would be a lot of uh, uh, going out and looking at the rink uh, when they got there if they if they decided to do it in a regular situation. So uh, he wanted to do it earlier, get all that stuff out of the way, make sure everybody knew what they were doing, where they were going, uh, where everything's located. Uh, beforehand, before they got back to play the game. So uh, Ashley, Gary Lawless, and I were all sitting there in the stands uh, as the players came through, and uh, there was a look of, uh, uh, this is really cool. There was a look of, oh, it seems a little bit bigger than it looks on television or what we've been told. And then there was a, a little bit of, I'll be honest, uh, why is the National Hockey League playing in this rink? So there's, there's a mix of, of, of everything, and it, uh, it does kind of take you out of your routine a little bit when you're looking up and around. And then uh, uh, there, there's a, a skate happening, and then the pre, pregame warm-up, uh, everybody went out there, and there, there was a couple of players I know who were just looking around and, and taking it all in and, and looking at it. And it's not like an intimidating situation by any means, 
Uh, it's not like the fans are right on top of you compared to T-Mobile or Calgary or Philadelphia. Uh, it's just that it stops at a certain time, and they haven't been in those types of buildings in a long time uh, outside of the, the preseason in a place like, like Boise. So uh, it, it, for the players, I don't think it, it, there's as much of an impact once the puck dropped as we maybe uh, were led to believe once, once I got in and, and started watching the game. It's more so for the fans, to be honest. So where we were located, Gary and I last night was on the concourse, and there's, there's one concourse, and it's at the top of the, the seats, 11 rows up, and we were in the corner, and I don't get a chance to watch a, a National Hockey League game uh, from that vantage point very often. Uh, we are uh, in Section 117. We're, we're above the main concourse on the second level at, at T-Mobile, and, and you're a, a sizable distance away. Uh, we're, being 11 rows up, the game is so fast, so uh, physical, uh, so precise, and, uh, and it, uh, there's, I said on the air last night, there's no routine shots from, from that speed. I, I, mm-hmm. like every shot is a scoring chance, and uh, it, it just, it, it's a great reminder of how great our sport is. Uh, it's, it's great for fans. It really, truly is if you're one of the 4,600 people in there. Uh, it's not great for our game. It's not great for hockey-related revenue, which drives up the, the salary cap, which forces it up and down. Uh, there's some, some uh, drawbacks there. Now they've tried to make, uh, make it so it's not artificially lowered because of that through different uh, processes uh, in the CBA uh, to, to really hold it back. But uh, I'm not sure that you can totally do that. Uh, there's got to be some impact on, on hockey-related revenue. Uh, it's not as loud as what you might think, guys. Uh, that was one area that, uh, that, that kind of surprised me. I was expecting this madhouse. It's not a madhouse at all. And, uh, and, and Lawless actually pointed out the crowd was taken out of it a little bit because it was half Vegas fans. And when Arizona scored so early, it, it, it quieted them down a little bit. So, uh, great vantage point for fans. Uh, but there's 14,000 less people in the building at a VGK game. So that's a little perspective for you. Uh, it's really cool if you can get there. Uh, you'll never experience unless you sit down low, low in the first 11 rows uh, at T-Mobile uh, to be able to sit that close. I don't think it has much of an impact on the, on the, on the game itself, although Arizona does have a, a good home record uh, this year compared to their overall record. Uh, yeah. And they beat some good teams in, in that case. Uh, but uh, unique, but not not great for the game and uh as one person told me last night uh from the coyote side it's a good solution just really wish it was two years instead of four and i don't know whether it's going to be four it could be five yeah and i think that's kind of the the startling thing when it comes to arizona the coyotes playing at mullet arena is you know if it's a stopgap of 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 sorts that's great, but the the longer this kind of goes on, the the harder sell I think it's going to be for a lot of people in and around the Arizona Coyotes and also in and around the NHL. Um, uh, we're going to park this conversation for just uh, just a minute because uh, we are going to get back to the phones. Ask the insider seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. It's your questions surrounding the Vegas Golden Knights, your opinions, their, your thoughts uh, after they played one of their better games of the year on on Saturday night against the Washington Capitals and then followed it up with a four one loss to the Arizona Coyotes. We're going to get into that game, but first we're going to go back to the phone lines and bring in Charlie. Hey, Charlie, how you doing? Hi, thank you. Uh, this question is probably for Darren. 
uh, since you have access to the team and many of the players, are you are they tell you are you aware of specifics on injuries, and you just sworn to to you know secrecy, or is you know, are you fed the same upper body lower body baloney? Uh, but baloney. Uh, that's a, I, I know that's a real frustration uh, for fans, and it's a, it's a frustration for media too. Uh, as well, Charlie, I, I can tell you that uh, from from firsthand experience. Uh, I will, on occasion, know about a certain injury just by pri- my proximity uh, in working for the hockey club and being around City National Arena. But uh, I obviously know what's allowed to be out there and what's not allowed to be out there. So uh, I uh, certainly uh, will uh, uh, honor that uh, those wishes uh, of the hockey team. But by, I would say by a 70% ratio, Charlie, uh, I'm in the same boat as everybody else. I'll, I'll know uh, lower body. I may guess that it's a foot or I may guess that it's a knee. But, uh, but uh, I won't, if I don't know for sure, I will, I will go by the, uh, the hockey club and what they say in the, uh, in the lower body or upper body. I, I do hope, Charlie, that we get to a point with, uh, with more sports betting that we're, we're able to uh, be able to be a lot more specific for broadcasters and, and for fans. I feel the pain of the fans, and, and I feel uh, left out myself when I'm trying to inform people uh, on TV and on the radio, and, and I can't tell you exactly what's happening because I either don't know or uh, I, I'm not supposed to know, and I honor the wishes of the hockey club. What's, what's frustrating for the fans is if they could yeah. say that uh, you know, player X... Uh, had arthroscopic surgery, and we expect them to recover within four to six weeks. They don't, we don't have a slightest idea other than it's on the horizon, uh, week to week, month to month. Whereas the NFL and other sports, they'll say that Joe Blow had uh, uh, arthroscopic knee surgery, expect him back in six weeks. We don't have and, and the fans, it's frustrating. We have the slightest idea when the guys are coming back and at what strength. And, and- and Charlie, I just I just want to make clarification on this. Make sure everybody's aware that is a direct correlation to sports betting uh, because yeah. uh, the National Football League is so tied to sports betting uh, that they've made that decision. And I don't know whether it was a legal obligation uh, that came about. Or I'm not uh, that versed on it, but I know that the injury disclosure in the National Football League is because of the amount of dollars that are at stake. Uh, whether a, a player is going to be in or not. And if it gets to that stage in the National Hockey League, I think you'll see more fully accessible injury news. Okay, I so appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I agree with that thought too, right? And, and thanks, Charlie, for the call. If you ultimately want to get to a point where the NHL is is reporting on injuries or as close to uh, they possibly can as what you get in the NFL, it gives you a, a clearer idea of you know, timelines, certain players, how long they might be out. But um, I, I can echo your frustration, Charlie, in that uh, for me, it, it, at times when you, you don't really know, there's not much clarity, it becomes really difficult because that's one of the main things people want to know. When's this player coming back? What's wrong with this player? And, and really, what does the realistic timeline look like? Uh, we're, we're operating from, you know, a pretty similar spot, you and me and, and everyone that's kind of surrounding the NHL when trying to report on any type of injuries. 702-876-1340, that's the number. It's your segment every single Monday. First block belongs to you. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Rob. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Hey, guys. 
the the two things that I see with this team is one, you know, you got Bruce Cassidy. He's trying to teach East Coast blue collar hockey to a white collar team. And it's not working because other than I would say Cotter, Colasaw, and Carrier, the others aren't interested in that style of hockey. And when your best player who makes the most money named Jack Eichel, he doesn't want to be the man. And when your best player on any team, I don't care if it's football, baseball, basketball, doesn't want to be the man, that's a problem. He just wants to be a guy. And he has no fire. And now I see why Buffalo got rid of him. Because let's face it, you go across the spectrum of sports, nobody gets rid of a young 25-year-old who's supposedly a superstar unless there's something other, something wrong other than what's on the field or the ice. And that's what you see. This guy's disinterested. You would have thought when Stone went out, okay, it would just be a normal thing that this guy needs to, I got to take over. I got to shoot the puck. I got to score. Get out of my way and let's go. And he's done the opposite. He's went and hid behind everybody else. And you can't have yeah, I, that. And, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know that like Jack Eichel's hiding behind everybody else. I think that he hasn't had a good game over the last three or four games, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, but, 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 you can't ha- but you can't have that. I mean, I, this you, isn't... You can't have your there, there are times there are times where that. Rob there are times where you're going to have bad games. It's just going to happen. No, no, I understand that, but there's no effort. See, you get a guy that shoots the puck shoot like March or so. He'll shoot, shoot, mm-hmm. shoot. Yeah, some nights they don't go in, but he's willing to shoot. I don't even see that what I call. He looks Yeah, I, I dis I disagree. I disagree on that. Like, go back and watch the, the the first twenty to forty minutes of that Washington game, and and watch Jack Eichel on the forecheck. Like, if you're going to okay, come here happened? and talk about, about effort, yesterday? go what ahead and watch that game. Well, what about yesterday? It 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 was a bad game. No, no, it wasn't. Like, they're just going to happen. He's been a bad month ever since he come back from the injury. He hasn't been he back had... in the line. He hasn't been back in the lineup for a month, Rob. Like listen, I, I you, get what okay, you're saying. You want more out of Jack Eichel. Let me I get what you're saying, Rob. You want more out of Jack Eichel. Like I get that. Do you think he's living up to the billing, his salary and his status? Do you think he's living up to that? I think he's going through a rough stretch right now is what is okay, what's happening. Like there's here, there's change in, in every single game in, that in, he's on the ice. There's change in his lineup. There's no consistency from a line mate to line mate's type of situation. And I think that there was well, why are we giving certainly time where well, why am I giving I him a pass? Here. Yeah, wh- no, why are we giving him such a pass? Why are we giving the the highest paid player and supposedly the best player a pass? If, if I can Go jump in it, here, if you guys uh, I, I, just play referee, team. and I don't usually play this role, so I'm not uh, I'm not fully versed on on how I should act uh, in this because I'm the usually the one starting stuff. But uh, uh, <laughs> look, Jack, Jack's not happy with the way he's playing. Uh, Jack uh, wants to wants to be far more productive. Before the injury, Jack was having a career year. Uh, so uh, there's there's two different sides of this coin. The the, the pre injury. Jack was on fire, and uh, and nobody can argue with that. He's had a couple of games since he's been back where he's been really, really good, and then a stretch of games uh, lately where the production hasn't been there. Uh, the the other night against Washington, I thought was a really good, uh, positive step. 
because of his work on the forecheck that uh, that Ryan alluded to. And the goal by Michael Amadio was a direct result. That doesn't happen if Jack is a person the puck off a face-off loss and, and uh, leads to a turnover, one by, by Chandler Stevenson. It was great. Last night, he he was he was around the puck all night. Uh, he was taken advantage of, quite honestly, by the Coyotes who who targeted him and made sure that he wasn't going to get opportunities. And they committed uh, different uh, acts to to stop him. And he his, didn't get his call. body language uh, is terrible. And, and, on but, the but look, he didn't he didn't score last night, and he and he wants to score, and and he's wearing this, and and it affects him. Uh, I think you might need a little bit more. Runway with them uh, to get to get fully back. Uh, he's he's not without stone. I, I'm giving you some excuses, but I will tell you he does wear this, and he's not no, happy no, I'm with not the way he's playing. Every, every and and he wants he wants, wants to, to play better. And I and I admit he's he's, he's not playing uh, up to to what we expect. But I just want to make one clarification: uh, Buffalo did not trade Jack Eichel because uh, of his status as a hockey player or not delivering as a hockey player. Uh, that trade occurred because of a falling out between the hockey club and the player over a medical uh, decision and whether or not he would get the artificial disc replacement surgery. So uh, to, to say that, that, that he's hiding or Buffalo got rid of him uh, for this, that, and another is totally wrong. It's, it was not anything to do with his play on the ice. It had everything to do with the dissolvement of their relationship and their decision on, on a medical procedure. I don't know. So far, I, I just expect more, well, and I agree. The start of the season... Rob, before the injury, he was, he was great. After the injury, he, was, he, he hasn't was. been great. He was so great. I agree with you, I but agree now with you this on is that when part. you need him the most. When the team is in a funk, they have you know, Theodore out, their scoring is down to nothing at home, you're missing your best player that I think in Stone, I was expecting this guy to pick up the slack, and to me, he hasn't done it. Yeah, no, there's pressure on him right now for sure to to, to answer. You got to take and, the pressure. That's why you're getting paid the big yeah, dollars. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he's not he's not hiding from that. He knows he's got to he's got to get that uh, going in the right direction. Absolutely, and it's got to develop. Think, let's go. Now, what did you think about the comment of this coach trying to coach? East Coast hockey to a West Coast team. Well, I think there there is a little bit of uh, changing of the style uh, with his hockey club, uh, and and I've I've heard it from Bruce uh, a couple of times now, where he's called this this team a, a stubborn group uh, that they want to make plays, uh, and he thinks that they should chip and uh, or dump the puck in, chip and chase, and go along that route if there's no play available, and this group is. Making making plays and going down down that path. So uh, I, I think that uh, if you got Bruce Cassidy, and I don't want to speak for him, but this is me reading the room. If you got Bruce Cassidy uh, to the side, he would probably admit that it's taken longer to get his message across about uh, when to dump the puck in, when to chase it, when to forecheck, when to get on uh, and do that instead of carrying the puck through the neutral zone and uh, and across the other team's blue line. He would admit that it's taken longer than uh, than he anticipated. 
Yeah, and and to be to kind of piggyback off of that, I, I think what you saw over the course of the weekend was kind of that inconsistency in play, right? You had a game yeah. against the Washington Capitals where the Golden Knights played exactly the way Bruce Cassidy wants them to play, and it created a lot of offense, it created a lot of goals, um, and it wasn't really that uh, last night against the the Arizona Coyotes. So uh, at some point, it's going to click in, and you know, just uh, my final thought on Jack Eichel, like I I, I get wanting the production right now I get wanting this to just be an automatic thing and, and to Darren's point Jack wears this Jack wants the the best out of himself every single time he's on the ice it's not going right now but you know four or five games five or six games coming off of an injury I, I don't necessarily think is enough runway uh, to just say Jack Eichel's not going to or cannot elevate his game I, I don't think that's fair to the player who as Darren mentioned is on a, was having a career year before getting injured earlier this season 702-876-1340 that's the number let's head back out to the phone lines bring in Stephanie hey Stephanie how you doing I'm doing okay how are you guys doing oh we're good great so uh, last night on the post game show Ryan you asked me what I thought um, if I wanted to see out of the team I can't remember exactly how you phrased it, but what I wanted to see out of the team to do on the road trip. So I wanted to ask you guys um, what you thought, what you think the team needs to do to have, so we turn the road trip around and have a positive road trip. I know I said that I wanted to see low scoring games by committee of goaltending and the defense stepping up to just prevent those shots altogether. So what do you guys think they need to do to turn this road trip around? So I, I mean, I'll, I'll jump first, and and I, I want to see games that look similar to what they did against the Washington Capitals. Like the Bruce Cassidy has talked at length about, you know, needing to find a way to, um, to to take what's in front of you to to utilize what you have. Whether or not you're able to find offense on the rush, that's great. But if you don't have a play put pucks in behind defenses and go to work on the forecheck. I think I want to see more consistency in that game plan from the Golden Knights because I think when they play that style, when they play to what Bruce Cassidy wants from them, they get rewarded more often than not. So that's really what I'm looking for over the next three games against the uh, the, the Devils, the Rangers, and the Islanders. What say, what say you, Darren? I want to see two things, and they both uh, revolve around uh, rushing the puck. And, and thinking offensively, uh, more urgency in, in the first period. The, the, they're not just allowing goals, uh, the first goal of the game, uh, majority of the time, but they're early goals uh, against. And this isn't a goaltending issue because, especially the last couple of games, like they, they've been uh, incredible uh, goals that the, the, the Vegas Gold Knights have allowed, so you can't put that on, on the net miners. I want to see that urgency in the first. 15 minutes of a game to get them going in the right direction and, and get them uh, a little bit of confidence because as much as any team in the league, the Vegas goal of the night's results are influenced by the first goal of the game. It's like going back in time uh, when uh, it, was, it was so influential on, on a game. Uh, the other part is, uh, uh, and, and I'm, I've seen this, I know they split on the weekend, but the Washington game, uh, a little more a little more rush, uh, but there was times in that game where there was some traffic and there was a re- some real focus on, on getting to the net for rebounds. Last night, uh, I, I could sell you on the fact that there is more traffic uh, that we've seen in the last handful of games uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights combined. Uh, 
Uh, they did a really good job uh, in, in getting to Vimelka and the guys. He, he was great, uh, and uh, he was full marks for the victory. But I was encouraged last night by not just the rush chances, but uh, by the traffic in and around the, the goal, uh, getting to that for some rebounds, uh, some tip uh, opportunities. And uh, you got goaltended last night. Uh, the, the, the two performances as a whole, uh, I'm encouraged by, uh, but I would like to see more urgency in the first period as my primary source of, uh, if I could pick, pick one thing uh, going into the game against the, the New Jersey Devils tomorrow night, is to, even if you play a low event first period, uh, that, that's better than, uh, than surrendering anything uh, as to what you did. Because they were the better team. Uh, in the first period last night and the even shot game, and they were certainly the better team in the second period last night where it was lopsided, but they didn't get much out of it. It's always interesting to hear what you guys think because obviously you are more in tune to the game. So, um, yeah, just hoping that whatever it is they need to do, they do it, and we have a a good road trip and head into the um, All-Star break happy. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm right right there with you, Stephanie. Thank you for the call. Um, that was fun. That was fun, Darren. It, 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 did the calls match up kind of where you thought people would be today? Yeah, and and you know what? There should be some concern. There should be a little mm-hmm. bit of uh, uh, being passionate uh, about your team not playing uh, up to what we all expected uh, in, in this homestand. And certainly coming off the win against Washington, where you were looking at some, some really high expectations and feeling good about yourself, not following that up and being able to put another win on the board, uh, I, I like it. Uh, the, the, you just can't get personal with it. Uh, that's that's where, where I, I get my backup a little bit. But uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to production, they're not scoring enough. They're not. And, yeah. and these, guys, these guys wear it, and, and they have to wear it. And uh, and I don't think anybody's running away from that, but uh, but it's it's a it's it's an issue right now, and I like to hear the the, the passion from the fans about that. Yeah, I'm 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 in the, I'm the same way. For the Golden Knights, you're gonna have to find ways uh, to get Jack Eichel, Chandler Stevenson, the, the misfits yeah. to a degree, right? You're gonna have to find a way to get those guys going, and, and getting them going isn't necessarily just everything away from the puck. It's bearing down on your chances and your opportunities when you get them. So um, you've got three games prior to the bye week, prior to the All Star break, and I think the hope for Bruce Cassidy and certainly for the Golden Knights is that those players uh, go on a little bit of a run here, and the Golden Knights can bank some points uh, on the on this road trip as well. Uh, we'll take a break. We come back. We will hear more about Mullet and more about Darren Millard's travels uh, as he becomes now the most traveled man on the VGK Insider Show, much to Chris Chapman's chagrin. We're back with more on the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Rolling along here on a Monday, VGK Insider Show, Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman. Along with you, after a busy weekend for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, pick up a, a big-time win against the Washington Capitals, and then uh, you know go into Mullet Arena, Arizona, 
and the Coyotes hand the Golden Knights a 4-1 loss. So, no better time than the present to get into our game ratings. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Ah, uh, well, it's a DeLorean, right? Bear with what me, Marty. All your questions will be answered. Roll yeah. tape. All right, so we're going to do both, Chapman. I'm going to go to you first, obviously. Um, give me just your game rating for the 6-2 victory over the Washington Capitals and follow it up with uh, your thoughts and your rating on the 4-1 loss to the Arizona Coyotes. If you have not been paying attention all season long, this is the rating system. Number one out of five is an AMC Pacer. Number two is a station wagon. Three is a Humvee. Four, a Trans Am, and five is the coolest car to ever be in existence, the DeLorean. What say you, Chapman? Yeah, I don't know if I could come up with a bigger contrast in, in two games 24 hours apart than I will for, <laughs> for this this particular rating because I thought they played a great game against Capitals. I thought they did everything they needed to do. They got on the board first. They, they, they really put the Capitals, and look, I understand that that wasn't a full complement of players for the Capitals, but nobody's going to feel sorry for them. I certainly don't, although I am disappointed that Ovi was suffering from the Vegas flu, apparently. But, uh, look, it, it, that, if that was a DeLorean, if there, if there never was a DeLorean, then, then that, that, that game was a perfect example of a DeLorean. Uh, it, it was a great game, and I don't know if they could have played much better in, given the situation. And then I fast-forward 24 hours to last night, and I'm going to... I, I, I don't want to give it a gremlin... <laughs> AMC Pacer, but I feel like there's really no other direction to go. I mean, it was it was it was disappointing. I think more so than than um, than them playing bad. I, I think you, you, I was in the locker room after the game on Saturday, and I felt like there there was a lot of positivity. You know, Paul Cotter was talking about how Annabelle helped right the ship. Uh, Nick Wall was telling me that they 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 were going to carry some of that momentum into the road trip, and then they go to Mullet Arena and. They have the worst mullet in the history of mullets with that game last night. So it's a it's an AMC Pacer. All right, so a 5 out of 5 for the Washington Capitals, a 1 out of 5 for the Arizona Coyotes. And I, I'm i going to do this. I'm going to make Darren go next. Darren, what say you? Yeah, I, I went to DeLorean with the, with the Capitals game because it was, it was great and it was a comfortable win and you delivered on a bunch of different levels. Uh, got some uh, some supporting uh, roles from from players down in your lineup and uh, and a plus five from Petrangelo and Martinez, uh, a combined plus ten in reuniting that defensive pair uh, might be the secret sauce uh, that they discovered through this whole thing that that helps them take uh, a big step forward. So I, I thought that was uh, that was well needed and some energy in the building was awesome to see. A couple of guys scored their first goals of the year, uh, first point of the year in Ron Beard. There was a lot to love about that, and uh, and I uh, like Stephanie uh, earlier on the on the Ask the Insiders segment uh, thought that uh, that that would just naturally carry over uh, to the next night, and it did not. Uh, there's some good and the bad, and so I went DeLorean and I went uh, Station Wagon, uh, a two out of five because I saw enough offensively. To be encouraged, uh, we, we we forget they they threw a bunch of pucks at the net, and they did a lot better job of getting uh, to the inside yesterday. Didn't score more than one goal, but uh, I was encouraged by uh, the fact that every player in the lineup had a shot, except for Chandler Stevenson. We haven't seen that in a while. 
where it was top to bottom. It was great. Uh, and the, the traffic in front of that, I thought, was awesome. Even on the, the goal that they took a, a second look at in the, in the third period, which I didn't mm-hmm. think was anywhere close to really going in for a play that actually went to review, which is kind of weird saying it wasn't close, but it was close. Uh, uh, that was a, that was just a uh, uh, an opportunity where they attacked the net, which was awesome to see too. So uh, I I really like that part of Jack Eichel had uh, upwards of uh, nine shot attempts uh, last night, which was uh, which was great and uh, the highest total that we've seen on that side of it in, in a while. Uh, very positive. The other the other side though was their defensive zone coverage, uh, and and you can pick your your spot. And Bruce Cassidy did a nice job on this yesterday. Uh, was it the offense that let him down yesterday, or was it the, the defensive zone coverage? I, I, I went with the offensive side. Uh, I needed them to actually put the puck in the net a couple more times. But there were three goals scored uh, against them. Uh, all three goals scored on Logan Thompson were from roughly the same area, uh, one on the uh, left side of the slot and uh, two on the right side. Uh, those, are, those are primary scoring opportunities that, that can't, uh, can't be left unchecked. And, uh, and that's a tough save for, for Logan Thompson. And the minuses were, were uh, just, it wasn't like one line or one pairing had problems last night. It was throughout the lineup, and that was a team effort that came up short defensively. So uh, that, that was uh, a slight encouragement, but still not good enough when it comes to that game against Arizona. Yeah, I'm five out of five against the Washington Capitals. It's DeLorean. I thought that they were really engaged, winning essentially every single board battle. Um, it was one of the one of the most complete 60 minutes we saw from the Vegas Golden Knights throughout this season. Now, I lean more toward where you're at, Darren, in that it's a it's a station wagon for me last night against the Arizona Coyotes because. The Golden Knights had plenty of opportunities to swing that game back in their favor. They were really good in the second period, creating uh, opportunities for themselves in the power play, obviously get a big power play goal. Uh, It's just those first two to three minutes of periods recently, and certainly playing with lead puts the Golden Knights into a spot where um, they they press the issue a little bit more than they ordinarily would. And, And it feels like... If this team goes down, they're they're not able to find that next goal or that next opportunity or just not bear down on it. Now, um, Bruce Cassidy spoke at at length after the game about the defensive coverage. I think you're right on the money. They they needed to be better. They weren't. Um, But there were plenty of opportunities for that team to get back into that game offensively and and you know there there were certainly some big saves from Karel Vamelka but there were some really clear opportunities that the Golden Knights had where they just were off net they just did not force the goaltender to make a save so uh, all that being said I I lean two out of five I lean station wagon um, for that that loss last night to the Arizona Coyotes I would like to see them do what they did at the start of the year and start out scoring some of those mistakes too they're they're good enough. Yeah. Still, with with I think the total is six of their top seven point producers are in the lineup right now. We still have a lot of those top end guys. They can still outscore some of those mistakes. And uh, with the mojo on Saturday night, I thought they would be in a good position to do that. Now, uh, now, now it's going to be tough. You got five games in eight days and three and four to to finish this road trip, uh, or three in uh, five to finish this road trip. It's going to be a challenge here in New York. Yep, and we'll see uh, starting tomorrow. The Golden Knights take on the the 
New Jersey Devils, so that's going to be a, a big test because you, you want to talk about a team uh, that can score a lot of goals. The New Jersey Devils, they can they can make you look foolish if you are not sharp defensively, and I think that's where the Golden Knights are going to have to pick up the slack tomorrow night. We'll take a break, reset the hour, come back with the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. I want to tell you that Chris Chapman and I, we're looking pretty good for our $75,000 award at the end of the Michael E. Minden Hockey Parlay Contest because we didn't get a winner again. We're, we're going to be up to 500 bucks. This week, uh, for the lucky person who gets to go in and pick the three games that we will offer up and uh, try and select the three for three winner streak, uh, it, it, this this week the player only got one out of three. That's how uh, how difficult this thing is. Yeah, Michael uh, went one for two. He took three road teams: Colorado, Los Angeles, and Minnesota. Uh, Colorado took care of business in Seattle, but the Kings and Wild both lose in Nashville and Florida, respectively. So. Uh, we're now up to five hundred dollars. So, uh, you know, I, I I'm feeling pretty good, Darren. I, I I don't I don't know. I'm looking at the schedule this week, and I'm thinking there's already a couple that stand out to me because I, as we know, I'm embracing my villain here, and I don't want anybody to win this. Mm. And I'm already trying to find the toughest game of the week, and I, I think I already have it figured out. I know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> the toughest game of the week is. I'm not going to say what. No, nope, no, nope, got to wait till Thursday. I, I, I have a game that I'm going to play that gives me so much power it feels good. <laughs> like I, I don't even care about the money. It's just the power of making people care about something that I don't feel like they should care too much about. Gary so, Bettman's going to uh, love you, by the just, way. Yeah, just just a, a note, though, on the Hockey Parlay Contest. We're going to be doing it on Thursday this week. Thursday, uh, mainly because there will not be a show on Friday. We'll be uh, doing the pregame show intermission post game and the actual game between the Vegas Golden Knights and the New York Rangers. So Darren, what are you uh, what are you up to now like $75,000 you're going to walk away with? Or? Yeah, yeah, 75. If we don't get a winner, Chapman and I are going to split the pot that would normally go to uh to the caller and uh, we're going to win $75,000. It's going to be awesome. Our number you? 2 VGK Insider show dealing with some league news with a coach dismissal. Coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 